Welcome to the Build Business Acumen Podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Skula. Today I'm interviewing someone called Esan Kodorami. He has worked for over six years for brands such as Sky and Samsung before making a brave move in 2015 to become an independent digital marketing consultant. In addition to his professional work, Esan is passionate about education and writing. He's even written his own book and it's actually called Character, 100% Character. It's available on Amazon as well. He's actually written over 60 articles published by the Huffington Post, on LinkedIn and social media expert, the British Chamber of Commerce, University of Westminster, Michigan State University and Miami University use Essan's publications as reference material. Essan is a humble man and lives his life based on his own very simple philosophy. Say what you mean, mean what you say. You can always reach out to Essan on Twitter at E-K-S-A-Y-S. Let's get into the show. Hey, Esan, it's really nice to talk with you again. Yeah, hi, Nat. Thank you very much for having me. You no, know, I love content marketing. I'm right into writing content and doing podcasts and the occasional video and sort of stuff like this. But in terms of sort of content marketing, the, the most important thing is, well, two things, right, is to build the audience, obviously, and obviously get the audience to do something, to do an act, to do some sort of action, some sort of activity. So. What are the best ways to build an audience with content? In terms of content marketing, first of all, we need to define our objectives, what we want to achieve from content marketing. If we are going to sell through content marketing, we need to be absolutely clear to our audience and uh, have right KPIs in place. But content marketing is more about storytelling. Is more about educating and informing our audience about our purpose. So we need to be able to track and we need to be able to interact with our audience. Dropping links everywhere, writing blog posts, writing articles, I don't know, paying to uh, ghostwriters to do that for us or we do it internally, they are all great. But what we want to achieve and how effective that is. So the effort we are going to uh, put into creating content, we need to step back for a second and define our objectives. So this is the starting point for creating uh, meaningful content. What, what sort of objectives are you referring to exactly? Corporate objectives, business objectives, how relevant we are to our audience, in what market we are operating and uh, what sort of content uh, our audience like to see. Are we writing to sell our products and services? So that is not content marketing. Or are we writing to engage and educate the market about our innovative products, great services? How are we going to differentiate ourselves? These are the kind of objectives we need to have in mind. We need, to, uh, we need to have KPIs. The impact on SEO, level of web traffic we get, social engagement. And of course, at the end of the day, sales leads. Do we get inquiries? Do we get people coming to us ask us questions? So these are the kind of objectives we need to define. Based on that, 
go and create the right content right uh, and use the right channel to do the distribution of course we need to familiarize ourselves with attribution model in terms of what content drives the most traffic what content is more engaging what what our audience our community actually like the most bring us the most business if you like measuring the effectiveness of, of content marketing how how do we actually do that then again i'll have to go back uh, to um our conversation just a second ago by defining our purpose and objectives what do we want to achieve so we need to define our objectives whatever that is kpis if, if, if it is reach if it is i don't know sales leads if it is web traffic what is it so we need to define that this is how we are going to measure it okay when 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 we set objectives define our purpose we know exactly what what we want to achieve our audience is clear about it as well because they know what to expect and good content is the one that resonates with our audience so that way we can measure it how sticky the content is the shareability across different social media channels if it is republished on someone else's blog if it is uh, linked to etc etc these are the the ways we can uh, measure the effectiveness of our content the objectives are set out in the in the beginning right and then measuring those objectives is quite simple isn't it i mean it's a matter of how many leads we've got how many clicks we've got how many shares we have how many how, how many people have seen that content uh, how many new new followers we have or or facebook friend uh, facebook fans or yeah exactly exactly the more meaningful the more relevant the content the more effective that is so you're not going to like a content which actually you don't like you're not going to share it you're not going to interact with it even if you click on the website the link and go to the website or to the blog you see it you see the first couple of lines say okay no it's not the one i thought it is going to be you are going to leave so the bounce rate on the website is going to go high that is going to have an effect on the seo so you are going to get some visits and after that you are losing your audience next time when you share some content uh, people are not going to click on it because you know what it is just a clickbait i'm not going to get what i expected to be so you are going to lose credibility that way so it is very very important to listen to people to your audience see what they want and deliver exactly that how can businesses create leads and sales i think it was content marketing institute they reported over 78% of consumers are likely to purchase from a brand which shares personal relevant content to them to those consumers so it is very very important to identify the needs of our market our audience potential customers and write about their needs so we are going to sell the solution of their problems we need to like kind of somehow connect with them in terms of what they are looking for we have it for you we need to work with micro influencers and micro influencers are our existing employees or friends with a certain uh, clout and expertise 
if they're in our business industry that's it really we need to look into our local and, uh, and national community to identify the leaders in our industry connect with them build partnership collaborate with them why would any business want to educate their customers and, and help the competition then this is an opportunity to show our customers why we are different to our competitors uh, competitors why we are better and uh, of course if you are teaching something to your competitors you should be happy about it and uh, people and um, that, that that would open doors for us maybe because competitors will become partners maybe someone out there is going to see our um, content and our initiatives to, to educate our customers and are going to do more business with us. Customers are incredibly clever and savvy. They know which business is authentic, which business is doing better service both before and after sale. So customer service and client relationship management is the competitive advantage. So we shouldn't be worried about our kind of educating our customers and our competition. Because educating uh, customers is much, much cheaper than spending money on marketing, advertising, and PR to get a customer. So let our competitors spend money on advertising and marketing. We are spending on educating our customers, helping them to make informed decisions. Because if we help them to make informed decisions, informed purchase decisions, it is more likely for them to stick with us and refer more customers to us. So this is the power of responsible and a responsive business. And we can do that very well through content marketing. So first of all, we want to find out what actually matters to the, to the potential customer, right, or the audience. And then we, in essence, work out the words that resonate with them and the content that resonates with them the most. And then we make sure that that's available on the platforms that they are visiting, right? Exactly. We need to be 100% honest with them. Uh, this is something I'd like to call radical transparency because that is the only way we can gain our uh, audience's trust. If they trust us, we are halfway through. We can, we can sell them more things. We can do more business with them. They know we are in business. And as long as we are honest, they'd like to continue doing business with us. Simple as that. I've been doing a little bit of research recently. I've been talking to, um, to a friend of mine over in New York. She's involved with a, with a business that it's actually targeting people and the words that they want to hear. So what I mean by that is analyzing brand messaging and brand conversations. It's actually matching the words to the audience so mm -hmm. there'll be like a turnkey solution which which will be available whereby you can basically plug in your customer data and it will tell you what wording you you actually need to be using versus the words that you are using based upon who your who your customers are so i'm quite excited so it, it, it's going to break it down into even finer market segments of personality types understanding the audience psychology is great and by the sound of it your friend uh, has developed a system that brings ai into it which is fantastic yeah. yeah well it does i mean the problem the problem with ai in general or it has been 
has been that you know a lot of people have overhyped it but actually to really hone it down and say well i'm going to use ai for this very specific thing is mm-hmm. is the way forward you know and so in terms of like your past work that you've that you've done i mean i know you worked with sky tv in the uk and 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 you've done sort of various other stuff what's the most exciting piece of content marketing that you've that you've seen or or perhaps start with the the most exciting piece that you've done the most exciting one uh, was when i created media house for a leading marketing technology platform i was responsible for all aspects of their content marketing in europe and managed a team remotely in america and in canada so it, i was responsible for over 50 piece of content long articles per week and over 1000 short content twitter facebook linkedin so that was really exciting because i had to do the editorial the mission statement for it and create the the media house and build a team around it so that was really interesting which i did about a couple of years ago Mm -hmm. and the most exciting and interesting content marketing activities i see around is Red Bull, uh, they do some really cool things. They go above and beyond anything you can imagine. They're a really clever bunch of people. And also IBM, especially around machine learning and artificial intelligence. Uh, so they do quite a lot of educational material. They do great content marketing to educate their audience. But in terms of in terms of the one piece of content that you've that you've seen, like that you've perhaps you've created or you've you've managed the, the creation of, what was your most fun? Um, I think we did one piece of uh, content together just three months ago, four months ago, around artificial intelligence and machine learning. So mm-hmm. that was really interesting because that was the moment or um, I tried to educate myself and learn a lot more about the uh, technology and how it works and what it does. We used a number of different tools to do our research, just go on Google and search for things. So it was a combination of technology and also personal thinking and kind of going through the content and going through social media channels to see what people are talking about, how they interact and what they, uh, they know about the topic. So that was the most exciting and uh, interesting uh, piece of content I worked on. I really enjoyed working on that as well. We wrote a really long article, didn't we? It's somewhere around, I think it's on my website actually, it's somewhere somewhere about. Uh, it was very well received. People really liked it. Yeah, it was, it was. So let's have a look. I've got another another topic that I'd like to talk with you about and that's that's corporate communications. You said to me before, it's such a wide topic that we can we can talk about all sorts of things. So. So corporate communications and with regards to identifying your brand advocates is, is what we decided we were going to talk about today. So what's your, what's your view on, on that? In corporate comms, corporate communications, culture is incredibly important. More often than not, many organizations, many businesses confuse culture with office perks. We need to have a solid definition for culture. Then we we come to corporate communications because in communications, whether it is corporate, whether it is uh, between individuals, um, 
understanding is key. We need to speak the language everybody understands. And we need to have a set of values, common uh, uh, objectives. In terms of communicating the brand message, we always start internally, which is the responsibility of corporate comms department. Then it goes external. They do a lot of testing, a lot of thinking about how we are going to put the message out and how we are going to communicate certain messages with a wider audience. Through that interaction, through that communication, we can identify micro-influencers. We can identify brand advocates because influencers and advocates aren't living outside the organization. They're all inside the organization. How we are going to identify them? Through effective and systematic corporate communications. If people feel comfortable interacting with us, interacting with the corporate team, fantastic. This is how we are going to work with them, build a community of advocates. When we have advocates from our uh, employees, from our staff, we are going to be more trustworthy in the eyes of our community, our audience, our stakeholders. This is, this is how we are going to do it, by having effective communications and make it easy and comfortable for people to communicate with the department. That goes back to you actually having a personality behind the corporate accounts, right? And actually having a sort of persona of not an individual, but actually of the company, right? A company, what does company means? Company means group of people. Exactly. That persona, if we are going to create a persona for it, that's artificial. We need to identify what we as a group of people stand for. What we want what yeah. uh, do we want to achieve? What do we have to offer? What is it we are selling? What is it we are doing? Why do we exist as a company? That is going to be the persona that is going to be the character the personality we need to shape and form because if you are going to fake it we are not going to make it it may take us yeah for i don't know two years three years but after that we are going to find ourselves in a crisis we are going to to see things backfire look at facebook for instance it was in the news today almost 50% of numbers Facebook announced we have 2 billion um, active users. They say almost 50% of them are fake. Technically, <laughs> 1 billion. So who's saying, who's saying the truth? What's going on? So for how long can we fake it? Eventually, people are going to find out about the truth. So it's better to be honest and transparent from day one because that is going to make us more successful the voice of the company is its employees the face of the company right. is the ceo is the leader of the business and every single employee working for that business creating an image is very important of course but that image should be real it shouldn't be fake and how are we going to do it through total transparency being honest with people people really right. like to to hear when they read something they like to hear the voice of the author you read piece of content and you can hear the voice of the author that author has done a great job yeah very much if you cannot hear that voice 
that piece of content is artificial. And that means that content doesn't connect with you. And that is exactly the same thing with corporate comms and the image. You, you feel it, you feel it, there is something not right. So as soon as you have that feeling, that company may need to review their uh, um, branding and their messaging through uh, corporate comms. Could it, could it be that they haven't actually created a plan for the actual communications or it needs just revisiting? They certainly need to have a plan. Based on a plan, they hire people. Based on that, that plan, they run their campaigns and their marketing. So when they, when they know exactly what they stand for, and that they make that the DNA of their culture, they know what kind of people they want to hire. They know who are going to be their future influencers, who, who is going to be in their uh, community of advocates, and who is going to amplify that message externally before hiring those people. This is what corporate comms should be doing. So first of all, you come up with the, the plan. Okay, for the business, yeah. Then you you've decided the kind of message that you want to get across, and then you basically find people that actually fit with that. I mean, just I'm just I'm just saying this because it's something that I've noticed really with IBM because I do a lot of work with those guys. They've they've actually got a team behind like quite a lot of the Twitter accounts. I mean, that's them. That's a major part of the IBM, the IBM sort of um, comms, right? And and I communicate on a daily basis with IBM Watson, yeah, IBM Watson Commerce, right? And what's really interesting is I've actually watched that team and I've actually, I've actually seen probably two or three people leave since I've been engaging with that Twitter account. And they are exactly the same kind of personalities when they've, when they've left. They're quite fun, they're engaging and, and so forth. So that's it. Really. This is the personality of the individual you hire that gives personality and character to your brand. Your right. brand doesn't have personality on its own. People behind the brand inject that character and that personality to it. So whoever uh, is running those Twitter accounts is going to show his or her personality. IBM's Twitter handle on its own doesn't have a personality. You can have a plan, you can have a checklist, all sort of things, and give it to four different people. And so, you know what, go and create the content, mm -hmm. respond to whatever tweet or whatever Facebook updates you get. Those four people respond completely differently with different tone of voice, with different attitude, with different words. But when you define your tone of voice and you tell them exactly how you want the message is to be communicated. You don't decide for them what words to use. You just tell them how you want to come across, how you want your brand to come across. Then those four people, they do more or less the same job. They, they deliver the same tone of voice uh, uh, for you. So this is also important. Yeah, very much so. You would outline a series of words that would educate the team as to the, the tone of voice that you want. So you would, you would say things like, you know, you want them to be happy, but not too happy or excited, but not too excited. Is this the kind of method that you would use or, or not? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose any words for them, but I would certainly say avoid uh, using 
negative keywords because that will right. on, um, the sentiment as well. Also, the way the brand is going to come across. I, w- I would say be sympathetic towards negative comments, towards feedback, be more positive, brace it, and deal with it accordingly. And also have some engaging characteristics during the day, if that makes sense. What do you mean by engaging characteristics? Don't be reactive. Don't wait for people to come to you. If you see people talking nicely about your brand or about something your business, your brand is is doing about your industry, interact with them, engage with them, comment on their articles, invite them to communicate with you. They may become your advocates. Well, thank you. That's that's been really, really interesting. About visual communication. What do you know a lot about visual communication? You must do if you've if you've gone and created all of this content. So where would you where would you sort of I mean, from from where I'm sitting, visual communication begins with a brand blueprint dot. That's that's how I look at it. So much like a person, you would you would create a brand blueprint document and you would define obviously what the business does the key differentiators the why they're different you know and or better and also what gives them authority and credibility and you would also create say five five cornerstone words that represent business or product once you've defined that you would take that into the visual communications wouldn't you of course of course people like like to see things they like to have interactive content in front of them text on its own can do only so much but when they see the actual finished product they see animations they see videos they see all those visual content they they would react completely differently and they would engage better that would definitely uh, improve their uh, interaction with the brand and that's why we, we need good design. That's why we need good uh, graphics and good visual in place, images. For services, it's a bit difficult, right. but still. You know, in terms of like the visual communication, I mean, you and I, we've, we've, we've seen, you know, social, social media imagery go from people, people just sort of going to Shutterstock, choosing an image, putting some, some text on it, to represent something based upon their own opinions, right? But what's happening now, as you well know, is, you know, I'm, I don't work for IBM. I'm an influencer within the Futurist program. So, but I do know that they've partnered with Shutterstock and they're actually using the Watson AI to sort the Shutterstock images for for this product that they're, that they're basically selling, yeah? So, that is giving the marketers a much, much faster way to get their images ready, right? And get them, get them out there. So it's so exciting to see where this is going to go in the next six months, year, two years. Because, I mean, I think sooner or later, the small businesses are going to get a heads up and they're going to actually be able to do this very thing as well. You're right. Using all those visual assets definitely help marketeers to communicate their brand messages better, to convert visitors to subscribers and customers. Definitely help because you can tell a better story through visual. That's for sure. Okay. Well, thanks ever so much, Essan. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for listening. 
please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Thank you.